Welcome to episode 13 of Crossroads of Destiny, an Avatar The Last Airbender Universe podcast. Right now, we're talking about every episode of Nickelodeon's Avatar The Last Airbender one at a time. I'm Chad Hopkins, and I'm joined by my co-hosts, Andrew and Melanie Grant. How's it going, guys? Pretty good. (laughs) We're doing great. (laughs) Yeah. uh, Quick behind the scenes. We just recorded this. Well, we just talked through this intro, and then I realized... Oh, I didn't hit the record button mm-hmm. because no. I'm a professional podcaster and I've only been doing this for eight years. Maybe but yeah, anyways, uh, <laughs> it's been a while. It seems that every single time we sit down to record recently, it's been a long time since we last recorded. And that's just because of the nature of life and mm-hmm. COVID-19 and mm-hmm. work and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But uh, we're glad to be sitting back together. We're going to try and be more regular now that we're at least in my summer months. So that's what we're here to do before we talk about the episode that we have scheduled for today, I just want to mention a piece of news that broke last month. So it's still relatively new. We're not too far behind the curve this time. There is an upcoming podcast that is going to be featuring Dante Basco, who plays Zuko, and Janet Varney, who plays Korra in The Legend of Korra. And they're going to be talking about Avatar The Last Airbender, because of course they are. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I'm excited about it. It actually premieres a week from Tuesday. That's recording time. As of posting time, it should be tomorrow for you guys if you're listening on the Monday this comes out. So hopefully you go check it out. I'm going to be excited to check it out. The official synopsis from iHeartMedia that they're partnering with to make this podcast reads, Enter the amazing world of Avatar through the official companion podcast from Nickelodeon. Join hosts Janet Varney, the voice of Korra, and Dante Basco, the voice of Prince Zuko, each week as they rewatch every episode of Avatar The Last Airbender and break down key themes notable battles, and behind-the-scenes trivia. Special guests from cast members to producers join them to explore elements of the Avatarverse, including the origins of the story and how Avatar was brought to life. Which sounds really cool. I mean, based on my previous experience of hosting a podcast that was about a TV show, only to then have the stars of said TV show come in and record their own podcast doing the exact same thing we did, that has ended up okay. Like Office Ladies, I enjoy for the most part, aside from a few annoyances. And uh, Brian Baumgartner's couple of podcasts at this point are both really good. So I'm excited. What about you guys? We're just we're just trendsetters. That's what we are. That's what we do. It's fine. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The the ten twenty Avatar podcast that came before us yep. definitely didn't kickstart Those the trend. It was us. Are irrelevant. <laughs> they don't matter. Our our, our twelve episode. Well. 11 episodes. I actually have a 12th episode that I haven't edited or posted yet because we are who we are. (laughs) Yeah. So, uh, yeah, our our 11 episodes are what did it. That's right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, Just as a quick side note, just as a quick side note, the office ladies podcast intro is like, yeah, yeah. We're two office ladies who were actually on the show and we're here to talk about the stuff. And it's like, here's behind the scenes stories from people who were there. And I always felt like that was pointed at me. Like every time I listen, it's like two people who were there. Like there's a pause that Angela intentionally leaves in who were there. And I was like, I okay, attacked. yeah, Ma'am, come on. You can sit down. I have told most of the stories that you have shared so far on my own podcast oh, because it was already available. But anyways, that's, that's its own thing. You're I just good though, s- right, Chad? <laughs> I'm good. Yeah. Tell me you have celebrity beef without telling me you have celebrity beef. <laughs> <laughs> anyways, I, I like oh, Dante Basco. He's still really big in the Avatar universe anyways. He hosts watch parties, I mm-hmm. think, and he has a book that has Zuko's face on it. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, I'm sure he's excited. And Janet Varney was great as Korra. I know, Andrew, you've only seen season one at this point. That's true. Um, That's true. 
but the whole series is great. And so I'm, I'm excited to eventually talk about that. But anyways, to have, we have to get, we have to get through all of that. <laughs> right. <laughs> to, to have, to we're have not people, doing so well so far. <laughs> to have people who are from both the original and the sequel series mm-hmm. collaborating on this and to have that perspective, I think is going to be really cool. Yeah. So absolutely. Uh, June 22nd, if it's past that date, you should go check it out on iHeartMedia and it'll be available pretty much anywhere podcasts are available. So now, we are here to talk about Avatar The Last Airbender and uh, major story points and character decisions <laughs> and all the things that they're going to be talking about. But this is us. This, this is, is our thing. And so that leads us to book one, chapter 14, The Fortune Teller. It was directed by our favorite Dave Filoni. It was written by Aaron Ehas and John O'Brien. It aired on September 23rd of 2005 and was animated by JM Animation. As far as summary goes, it says the trio comes across a small town in the Earth Nation that relies on a local fortune teller named Aunt Wu to find out about their futures, their love lives, and the safety of their town. Sokka is skeptical, as you would expect, but Aang and Katara find hope in what she says regarding their future love lives. So, I'll say Andrew, with this episode, when, when I saw what it was, I was like, oh yeah, the fortune teller, I remember that one. Based on just my memories of it alone, and it's only been a year, year and a half since I last watched it. Mm -hmm. I just thought, oh, this episode. Like, you remember how The Great Divide, we were like, that's kind of a nothing episode. And it ended up being good. We took some good stuff away from it. But I I sort of had the same initial outlook on Fortune Teller. I was like, oh, it's this one. Oh, okay. But I got to say, I really enjoyed watching it today. No, absolutely. I definitely forgot a lot of this episode just because typically when I look back and remember, like when I'm remembering these, like the, the main... I'm usually remembering main plot carry throughs and not only is this not on the main plot, it doesn't even really like tie into the episodes really adjacent to it. So it's just, it's just kind of a strange little plug in story. Mm -hmm. We get to learn some things, we get to experience some new things, but it's not necessarily like overarching main plot points, but we definitely had a lot of fun with this episode. I I didn't mind it. I do find that what you just mentioned just a little bit frustrating though is that because we're taking so much time in between of watching and recording our Mm -hmm. podcasts it's kind of hard to remember what we had from before Mm -hmm. so without looking it up or doing anything like that i was really trying to remember what happened where we left off and Mm -hmm. i was like that has nothing to do with this episode right no because the previous episode was the blue spirit and the one sort of sticking point from that episode to this episode was that Katara's necklace is missing. That's not even Blue Spirit. That's from further back. That's from Imprisoned. Yeah. That's the only sort of like connecting thread that leads specifically to a previous episode. So last we saw Aang was he thought maybe he had a friend in Zuko as he was rescued, but he did not. (laughs) Alas. Alas. And uh, Zuko's not even anywhere to be seen this time. So it's just like an episode where we get to see Aang doing Avatar things, basically. Which was still cool. Yeah. Now that we've beat around the bush on this episode, we can talk specifically about what happens. So at the very start of the episode, I thought it was funny that Aang turned Sokka's fishing line into a necklace Mm. because he didn't think Sokka would need it. And that leads to two possibilities, either lack of fishing opportunities, like they just don't ever have a chance to go fishing, or lack of faith in Sokka's (laughs) fishing ability. Apparently Sokka (laughs) just sucks at fishing. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) That has been a sort of carry through 
up to this point, hasn't it? Where they're they're just struggling to like find food as they travel. Yeah, yeah. They were they were broke in one episode and didn't have food. And mm-hmm. another episode, she said that Sokka had to get a job. Yeah, mm-hmm. that was uh, the storm. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So Sokka can't catch a fish. Can't. <laughs> Sokka can't catch a break. But no, he can't. <laughs> but but what I love about Aang making the necklace is that he makes it for Katara since she lost hers back in Imprisoned, as I mentioned. And they're making it really clear, not for the first time. Well, maybe for the first time, they're like really Blatantly defining. saying it. Really defining Aang has a crush on Katara. Like we've mm-hmm. seen glimpses of it, but here it is like Simple laid hard. out for you. Yeah. She puts it on. She says, how do I look? We get the flower yeah. effect and the pretty music. <laughs> and Aang's like... Uh, <laughs> your, your neck or all of you, because both are great. Hashtag no filter. Yeah. <laughs> and Sokka even teases. Uh, Sokka yeah. is sort of clueless to it later in the episode, but he, he even teases, oh, he's in love. And Katara just says, oh, he, he's a great friend. Like Momo. <laughs> friend zoned. Yeah. Just like Momo. Yeah. Just like, that was soul crushing. Poor thing. Because his little face was so sad. Oh, yeah. my goodness. Yeah. <laughs> I um, love it. So that, that's the initial setup for this episode is that they're, they're traveling. They need to make a stop by a town anyways because they don't have food. And Aang is really crushing hard on Katara. Mm-hmm. And so that's when they come across this guy who's like chilling out with the platypus bear and sidestepping all these violent attacks. Which is, by the way, the weirdest animal that they've had so far. I I feel. This episode also has turkey ducks. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That sound like Daffy. That totally sound like Daffy Duck. Thank you for saying that. Yeah, I, I, I didn't was notice until going the crazy. second time I watched today. It, but no, those, that was that's a weird. I know that I like combine these animals a lot, but that one for me was, was a little weird. Is this the first time that we had a combined animal? Because it's just been no. Long. I mean, okay. pretty much every animal in okay. this universe is There's a mashup of a couple of something. things. Yeah. Anyway, platypus bear, right? Yeah, platypus bear. <laughs> it's <laughs> ugly and weird, and he's just like dodging everything. Like no big deal. Yeah, I did su- think Appa's like defense against him was hysterical, though. Yeah. He was like, "Nope." Yeah, he, he just like roars at him, and uh, he he meekly lays an egg and yeah. walks off. <laughs> <laughs> so this guy, the reason he was so chill is because Aunt Wu, the fortune teller from his village, said that he was going to have a safe travels. He was gonna he was gonna be fine, and so he's like, "Oh, this bear's not going to hurt me." So she was right, and I mean. That's, that's some confidence right there in this woman's ability. They make a sort of a who's on first joke at this point. He says, it's Aunt Wu. Aunt who? Aunt, no, no, Aunt Wu. Aunt Wu. <laughs> <laughs> like I said in the summary, Sokka is super skeptical, as we've sort of seen him be skeptical of the, the, the mystical, the otherworldly. I mean, like mm-hmm. even initially he was skeptical of bending, and he's sort of come around yeah. a little bit in that regard, and even more so in the next episode. He comes around in that regard, mm-hmm. but he's like, the, the logic isn't there. This doesn't make sense. She's just making lucky guesses. It's been cloudy all day. Of course, she knew it was going to rain. So right. that's Sokka's perspective walking in. But Katara yeah. is all about trying to find out who she's going to marry. And Aang is like, am I going to marry Katara? It's such and, a girl thing to do. Yeah. If I were definitely a 13-year-old girl, which I was, but if I was at that point, I would have totally wanted to know how my romantic life ended out. Yeah. Well, I mean, I guess. <laughs> and here we are. In a funny moment before they get into the town, Sokka says, I predict that it's going to keep on raining. 
and it immediately it stops, stops raining. Yeah. And Aang, and Aang <laughs> just says, "Because it's Sokka. Not everyone has the gift, Sokka." <laughs> <laughs> and I bet that really does kind of take him off a little bit because, uh. like you said, Chad, he he has abilities for fighting, sort of. Not very much fishing or anything, but he also doesn't have bending powers, and he mm-hmm. feels left out, I'm sure, in cer- mm-hmm. certain aspects of that. And so for him to definitely not have predicting powers probably sends that home a little bit stronger. Yeah, he wants to put his faith more in the the realism and the, the things that he can grasp mm-hmm. than mm-hmm. the stuff that a doubting is Thomas. more ethereal. We are immediately introduced to Mang, who mm-hmm. looks like a Ghibli character. She really does. <laughs> she really does. Her yeah, hair. She, yeah. The, the, the tooth gap. Tooth. Yeah. She comments on Aang's very large ears. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I love that Sokka says, oh, don't be modest. They're huge. They're huge. <laughs> <laughs> so we meet Aunt Wu and mm-hmm. Katara's first to go and Aang. I, I'm trying to not just describe this whole episode. Right. We're getting to a talking point. It's there somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> so Aang decides to go spy on Katara mm-hmm. to see, okay, is, is she going to be talking about me? Because that's that's what I want. I I want to know: Am I going to be marrying Katara? Dropping them eaves. And and Aunt Wu says you're going to marry a powerful bender. And mm-hmm. oh, Ang's like, well, I'm the most powerful. So that that's good yeah, news he for walks me. Off all smug. And How everything. about I didn't think of Ang? <laughs> <laughs> I know that's terrible, oh but I didn't. Gosh. When she said that, I was like, oh, so not Ang. <laughs> oh wow! Yikes. Just cross him off that list. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, and then I was like, oh, shoot, this is what the whole episode, <laughs> the whole series is about. Yeah. But my mind immediately went to Zuko. Okay. He's a powerful bender. Mm-hmm. True. She didn't say the most powerful bender. Because you, you separated the word like powerful, comma, bender. Yes. Not a powerful bender, but someone who is powerful and someone and who is also, also a, a bender. bender. Yes. I see that. I see, I, I see where you went. Well, I, I want to go ahead and get to this talking point. How much faith would you put in what she said? She made me think of Professor Chelani from Harry Potter because yeah. None. a lot of the stuff that she was saying is like what Sokka was pointing out. Uh, kind of if, if you see that it's cloudy, then yeah, it's probably going to rain. Yeah. If you wear red shoes every day, then yeah, you'll be wearing them when, when you meet you the meet- love of your life. Yeah. And so that's the kind of like petty stuff, like reading... Uh, reading tea leaves is not the exact example I want to think of, but Chelani has a lot of nonsense in her predictions. But the whole crux of Harry Potter lends on the one real prediction she actually did have. Right. And we see a moment in this episode where Aunt Wu is reading Aang's fortune and he throws <laughs> the bone on the fire and yeah. it like explodes. And she talks about this huge battle between good and evil. I mean, it's not like that she could the really. The entire world will yeah. be reliant on. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, it's not like she could force that bone to splinter the way it did that was like a legitimate thing so mm-hmm. do you mm-hmm. think there's any stock in anything she's saying do you think there's stock in what she's saying to katara i don't think so much about katara i think she is very talented in spinning stories for people to just placate them and and having them feel like a sense of security with mm-hmm. her predictions maybe there's some some hope for katara and her predictions but honestly with i think that was a true surprising moment for her whenever the bone split and it's, she saw these predictions like oh snap something yeah, real's yeah, happening something real's <laughs> like, holy crap yeah, now i have to really to say, like, you can kind of see it on her face like she's she is surprised Shooketh. that yeah. something's actually happening so yeah, yeah I, don't, I think that 
I don't doubt for the story sense that she does have some type of ability, but I don't think she actually uses that ability all the time. Mm -hmm. And so it kind of Mm -hmm. shocked her that she had to actually step up and do things that she said she's been doing and predict some some things happening for Aang in the future. I love how Aang was just like, yeah, 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 cool, 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 cool. But who am I going to marry? And then she like picks up a splinter of a bone and it's like a fortune cookie is basically what it is. (laughs) She she says, uh, what does she say? Your future, no. <laughs> no. Trust your heart and you will be with the one you love. That's straight up fortune cookie. Yeah. Straight, I think I've had that fortune before. Yeah. Like, that's straight up fortune cookie. Yeah. And she even, like, holds that. up the splinter, like, she's holding up the strip of paper from yeah. that she just pulled from the cookie. I found the most music part was when it all blew up and she gave the fortune of, like, the huge battle. And I was just like... You yeah, I know that already. That. <laughs> like, duh. That's why I'm here. <laughs> and then she was like, oh, you want to hear hear about lo- love um sure <laughs> just, and then and then you see her placate like mm-hmm. that's like you see both when she reads for ink mm-hmm. it's like something real and then oh but you want to be comforted about your love life so follow Chipper. your heart yeah <laughs> winky face like yeah <laughs> winky face yeah i mean i think personally that there there is some legitimacy i mean Sokka makes good points about the common sense aspects of mm-hmm. her predictions, but when she predicted that the volcano wouldn't destroy the town, she, much to Sokka's chagrin, she was correct. She was correct. <laughs> yeah, it hinged on Aang being there to save the day, mm-hmm. but she was right. She still predicted that that would happen. the same thing about the, the platypus bear. Like, mm-hmm. the guy was safe, not because he didn't run into danger, mm-hmm. but because someone was there to prevent the danger from becoming a, an actual threat. But I don't right. think she has any ill intent towards any of it no, either. I no. think it's more of, like, that town was the happiest town that they've come across. Mm-hmm. Everybody was relaxed. Everybody was at ease. Everybody was good. They're like, oh, no. That was that's not going to happen to me. The fort, uh, Aunt Wu told me, blah 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 blah. Yeah. I mean, she. I think she does it to keep almost the peace in her town mm-hmm. to help them. Yeah, is I would, it always I mean, the best advice? It, she's doing it for free too, mm-hmm. and she's doing it for so that's free. Why I was just like, there. I mean, if she was just like, <laughs> I know, had a whole bunch I, of money. Well, I'm sure there's a lot of goodwill thrown her way well, just no, because I mean, she is the town soothsayer. And I was, I was waiting for the other shoe to drop with her. I was like, okay, cool, cool, cool. So when is she going to be evil? Yeah. <laughs> well, that's, that's the thing. Yeah, I think there's some legitimacy to her predictions, but this episode did have a deeper point to make, especially in regards to what's mm-hmm. happened in the United States over the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. In regards to misinformation yeah. and taking it wholesale. Yeah. And and then not listening to what's actually happening. Only you. reading the headline and not reading what's the, the right. rest of everything. Right. And taking things at face value too much mm-hmm. rather than critical thinking at all. Or using common sense or using reason or using science. Yes, science can tell you that it's going to rain. <laughs> can your science explain the rain? Yes. yes. <laughs> I love that line. So I, I was really surprised. That was the biggest thing I took away from this episode was that this episode went there. Like mm-hmm. it, it went for the people who take everything as truth and will quote unquote die on that hill. Yeah. Like I saw on a meme on Facebook that this is true. Yeah. And then we'll never stray from that point. Like right. That is a solid written in stone fact. Yeah. Until oh there's an opposite meme 
that yeah. that that <laughs> contrast, or, or they or they watch something on TikTok and it yeah. changes everything. Yeah, so I until, almost got into anti-vaxxers, but that's not what until, we're talking about. until until Hank like, Green tells them otherwise. Yeah. Yeah, so I, that was a really salient point considering United States politics and most uh, things. Actually, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> I just meant it hit particularly hard. Considering no, absolutely. Recent Especially stuff, especially with how we've how we've seen things unfold. And this was what a decade ago. Oh my god, this is fifteen, sixteen years ago. Sixteen years ago. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it, th- it just proves that things haven't changed. It's fine. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, moving on to lighter things. I do love the reading she gave Sokka. She just looks at him and says, your future is full of struggle and anguish. <laughs> she didn't even <laughs> Most take of it self-inflicted. <laughs> he says, but you didn't read my palms or anything. I don't need to. I don't need to. <laughs> it's all over your face. <laughs> he, his face was really funny in this whole episode. And she was right as well yeah i mean that was like <laughs> that to is, a t Sokka. that is Sokka's. MO. yeah he proved that point multiple times throughout the rest of the episode yes. so with aunt Wu's prediction quote prediction on his mind and is like okay Sokka, you 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 know about the lady folk right you you got some ideas for me and as i mentioned earlier Sokka's completely oblivious to the fact that ang is talking about katara because he sees mang following Aang around. They rhyme. Hey, that's cute. <laughs> and he's like, yeah, I, I sense that she's into you too, but uh, you got to maintain maximum aloofness. And I've got to say, this is a little bit surprising coming from Sokka after the brief but memorable relationship he had with Suki. Mm-hmm. He's just wrong. He's wrong. I guess that, that wasn't, he hasn't been around Suki enough to really curb the, the ways he has thought to talk to women. But he has been around women, right? Like just well, girls in general. His tribe. I'm sure someone in that tribe was like, nah, that's stupid. That has <laughs> to be. Because any girl, I mean, you saw it. We saw it in the episode. It's just, no, that's not how you do things. Yeah, I don't know where he would have gotten this idea from. I highly doubt his father would have told him this. But I mean, before his parents left, it has been more than two years. And so he's probably too young to be interested in girls and didn't have any sort of talk. And so this is just something he's come up with on his own now that he's older and interested in women and has women to be interested in potentially. <laughs> and so he just tells Aang, yeah, pretend like you don't care one way or the other. And obviously it doesn't go well for Aang when he tries the same thing. God, it's so, such bad advice. Yeah. Any, I and mean, there's not really anything else to say about that. It's just, Thanks no, for the bad really advice, Sokka. Of, of where this could have come from, but it was no stereotypical teenager advice. Yeah, in the real world. So yeah, we just kind of we just took it at face value. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, Ang decides the aloofness is at work. He sees somebody give a panda lily to mm-hmm. a woman, and she's like really into it. Yeah. So yeah. he says, "Okay, I'm going to get Katara a panda lily. Mm-hmm. Sokka, come with me, and we're going to go check out this volcano that." Aunt Wu says is not going to destroy the village this year, so it, it'll be good. And lo and behold, they find the panda lilies, but they also find a volcano full of lava. Aunt Wu did not say that the volcano wasn't going to explode, technically. That's true. It just said the village wasn't going to be destroyed. The village wasn't going to be destroyed. So when they come back to the town to say, oh, no, guys, the volcano is going to come and it's going to destroy the town. They're like, nah, <laughs> Aunt Wu said that's not going to happen. So we're good. And so they mess with the clouds. That's 
a really fun scene. There's some cool visuals as mm-hmm. Katara and Anger flying through the sky on Appa, water bending the clouds. Katara's getting really good. Yeah, yeah. That was one thing that stood out to me in this episode mm-hmm. was that her water bending is getting really, really good. Like before, when we saw her, she couldn't hardly manipulate a puddle mm-hmm. to do what she wanted. Yeah, a lot of time on the road and being in an environment where her bending is encouraged yeah. is really helping her. Mm-hmm. She's figuring out a lot. Absolutely. Um, so that's a really cool scene. They make the giant skull in the sky, cough, dark <laughs> mark in the sky. And oh no, Outwoo predicts the, the, the volcano is going to destroy the town. So we got to do something about it. So we get to see some earthbending as they dig a trench. That's really Which cool. Really it's always, cool. always nice seeing earthbenders, even in those two brief snippets that we see. Right. Awkward uh, moment where I forgot that earthbenders were a part of this tribe. And so whenever <laughs> they showed the trench out of just like a few minutes of this happening, I was like, how the how with shovels, <laughs> with shovels guys come on <laughs> then i saw this it's man like move a minutes. boulder yeah and i was like okay yeah and momo was helping sweet yeah momo, momo got a rock <laughs> yeah i love momo and appa had a much bigger rock appa had a much bigger rock. yeah so uh, they dig the trench and it doesn't seem to quite be enough and ang gets to show off he gets to flex his airbending his prowess as a powerful bender mm-hmm. and <laughs> <laughs> And it's a really cool moment. Like, it is honestly really awesome seeing him just like leap into action and summon the lava up into the air and then cool it rapidly. So it's just formed in this cool arching formation around the town. Very um, Atlantis. Oh, yeah. Yeah. The Disney film. Yeah. I know the scene you're talking about where like the the lava covers Atlantis and there's the dome Uh and it just hardens over it. Spoilers. It's it's a 20 year movie. Yeah. 20 year old movie. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So we get to see that. And of course, then Katara gets the notion, oh, he is a powerful bender. So this is the first time Katara seems to maybe be into possibly the idea of seeing Aang as a romantic interest, which Mm -hmm. is cool for Aang, I suppose. (laughs) Way to go, Aang. Yeah. You did it. You You did did the thing. And the only other thing to mention, for me at least, in this episode is Aunt Wu's final quote to Aang, where he confronts her and says, you really didn't see anything about my love life in that Chinese fortune cookie. I mean, <laughs> the bones in the fire, did you? The fire thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and she says, listen, just as you reshaped those clouds, you have the power to shape your own destiny. Mm-hmm. And I love that quote yeah. coming from her specifically because it, it's such a powerful statement from the person who is claiming to be able to read the future. Right. To say that, you know what? Just because I say it doesn't mean it's true. Right. You have the power. It's very back to the future of her. Mm-hmm. Your future is what you make of it. Exactly. Exactly. So make it a good one. Both of you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I just can't believe he didn't ask about the outcome of the battle. Oh, yeah. Like, so do I win or? Do I learn everything I need to? <laughs> no. So is there any other story stuff in this episode? I think that, I mean, that's the gist of it. It's, it's more of a concept episode. Like, this is a problem in society. Let's see yeah. how they deal with it. They dealt with it. Good. Yeah. No, I think that's it. Yeah. What it kind of reminisces with me about like kind of looking back full picture, because obviously Pursuit of Happiness was not out at this time, but at the very end, when... Uh, I think it might have been. Might have been? Yeah. I don't even it remember. Was, Pursuit of Happiness was the 2005 movie. Oh, God, that's so old. You don't um, have to keep saying it. At the very end, little boy tells a joke about the, the man drowning in the ocean, and two boats come by. And when they tried to save him, he goes, don't worry, God's going to save me. Mm-hmm. And then at the very end, he goes up to heaven because he drowns and goes, God, I thought you were going to save me. And he says, I sent you two big boats, you dummy. Yeah, yeah. That's kind of what it reminded me of in the sense of like, 
what you believe and what you're what you've been told is not always going to verbatim match what you assume is they're talking about Mm -hmm. so like yes the man was safe on the road yes the town wasn't destroyed but they also thought that meant nothing would happen to them right if if ang hadn't been there they would have been screwed right they were all safe but that's not what the prediction was Mm mm-hmm the prediction wasn't that the, the volcano wasn't going to erupt. It was that the town was going to be safe. Mm-hmm. And so all of them thought that they could stay in the town because they made the connection that the volcano wasn't going to erupt and therefore they were going to be safe. Mm-hmm. That is a connection that wasn't ever made by anyone besides the people in the town. Mm-hmm. And so when you have these moments where, you know, you, you feel like you know where your, your, your path is or you, you have some kind of moment of clarity that doesn't necessarily give you those details of how things will unfold. Mm-hmm. And you have to be open to the fact that, yes, things can change and that there are powerful forces that can alter the course or to get you from point A to B. Like there's there are things in between. There are definitely variables that exist that aren't always going to line up exactly how you assume they will. And I thought that was a kind of interesting lesson to derive from this. It obviously wasn't like handed to you, but you can put that, you you kind of put that together, especially looking back and rewatching and things like that, that it's not always clear what will happen. And even from the fortune teller, we hear that things can change Mm -hmm. and ultimately we're in control of that. Yeah, and maybe just one more small thing. It, it could even be some sort of commentary on staying out of conflict. Like the war clearly hasn't been to this place, or at least it doesn't seem to have been. And they had grown somewhat complacent with their lives because they just thought that everything was going to be hunky dory. Mm. And that isn't necessarily the case. And that there's room for both belief in the unexplained, but you have to approach with logic, you have to approach with reason and science, and you have to allow for the possibility that not everything is going to be okay just because somebody says it will be. Right. Um, just one small thing. This isn't a story thing, but I wanted to point out that the voice of Mang is an actress named Jessie Flowers, and she is going to be back to voice another major character in the future. So, Oh, fun. Yeah. We'll mention that when we get to it. It's still a ways off. Yeah. So we're getting to Melanie's predictions from last episode. What did Melanie get right slash wrong about the fortune teller? Let's see here. This was written. Many moons ago. ago. So anyway, uh, let's see here. The fortune teller predictions. Find things out. Main quest. Mastering elements. Didn't didn't we talk about you writing in full sentences? That was closer to a full sentence than I'd had previously. Because this one other just says Zuko and Uncle or Avatar Storm. That's just gibberish now. (laughs) I was also hoping that we would record... A weekend. <laughs> we already <laughs> said it was Chad's fault. We don't have to keep reliving it. <laughs> okay. But I think what we're what this was was that the plot line we were going to continue on the main quest, which was going to the Northern Water the Tribe. Northern Water Tribe. So and no. We were going to start mastering elements. Still no. Also no. I feel like that should be my prediction for every next episode yeah <laughs> because eventually eventually i'll be right eventually <laughs> you'll stop messing track. around yeah i mean well this is a filler episode and i don't mean that in a negative connotation this is just like a day in the life a of these people of time kind of yeah yeah, yeah. so it, it doesn't necessarily relate to the main quest as it were but 
that's okay. Anything else from yeah, Zuko, last time? Zuko progressing with less revenge because we thought after the blue spirit, mm-hmm. there might be some, some tie Some there. doubt, maybe. Little did right. I know he wasn't even going to appear and in this episode. Some softer moments with Aang and Zuko. Not quite. Okay, fine. So I was really wrong. So just, it's okay. Just it's okay. no across the board. Thanks, babe. <laughs> I think we got it. It's Anyone okay. was in doubt. Let's talk about your predictions for the next episode, which is titled Bato of the Water Tribe. Now, we have already watched Bato of the Water Tribe, but we got some of Melanie's predictions ahead of watching it that we've already documented. So what are some of the things that Melanie guessed about Bato? Melanie was betting a thousand. She said that Bato was part of a water tribe. <laughs> Good guess. Astute. Astute observation. <laughs> that they know Bato, even though he's from the Northern Water Tribe. Okay, so she predicted that he's that a Northern they, Water that, Tribe person. Yes. An old friend or a love interest or betrothed to Katara. So, like, he and Katara maybe had something going on. Yes. In the past. All past. All, all flame. I said this thing about Aang getting jealous, that he was going to get jealous of the love interest. So Bata would come in as an old flame of Katara, and Aang was not going to like it. Yes. Gotcha. Gotcha. I did miss that part. And then that we would get an update on a war, what's happening with the Fire Nation, what's happening with the Water Tribes, what is going on outside of... I just want to know when the Northern Water Tribe is going to be introduced. The slow crawl to the Northern Water Tribe. Oh my god, it's like the worst. Okay. Those are our predictions. That's our thoughts for Bato and the Water Tribe, which is next time. But for now, that's the end of the 13th episode of Crossroads of Destiny. Contact for the show, facebook.com slash xroadspod or at xroadspod on Twitter. I know it's been a while. We haven't released a lot lately, but if you want to help boost us so more people can find us and we'll record more often, you can rate, review, and subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts or on your podcasting app of choice. If you have any direct feedback or ideas, you can email us at xroadspod at gmail.com. And don't forget, we have a voicemail that you can call. Uh, Now, when you call, I am not going to answer the phone. Andrew and Melanie are not going to answer the phone. You will get our voicemail and you can leave a voicemail. I, I opened the voice app and we had like a couple of missed calls and I don't know if you were expecting to talk to me. Sorry, but just leave a voicemail and we'd be happy to play it on the show. If it is a good question or a good discussion topic, we'd love to hear from you and uh, include you and make you a part of the show too. The voicemail line, the phone number is 3145-YIP-YIP. That is 314-594-7947. If you keep it around a minute or so, that is your best opportunity to have it included on the show. And like I said, we'd love to hear from you. Melanie, where can people find you online? They can find me, I guess, on Instagram. It's MelanieAmanda44. Okay. And Andrew, you can find through the Twitter account or just contact Melanie or me and we will relay the information. Mm -hmm. The best place to find me is at Chadadada on Twitter. That is C-H-A-D-A-D-A-D-A. I have my other podcasts. There is the Cinescope podcast, which is a movie discussion podcast. You can find it on Twitter at Cinescope Pod or thecinescopepodcast.com. Or you can find my office discussion podcast, which I mentioned earlier, called An American Workplace on Twitter at WorkplacePod or WorkplacePodcast.com. And of course, you can find both of those wherever you can find your other podcasts. Uh, show notes and contact information for this show can be found at xroadspod.com. And that is it. Thank you for listening. 
we will talk to you in episode 14 when we will talk about book one, chapter 15, Bato of the Water Tribe. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye.